you think of Vicksburg, you think of trenches, a town besieged. But perhaps the battle was over before it started, settled at a more obscure fight at Champion Hill. We'll talk to the author of Champion Hill, Decisive Battle for Vicksburg, Dr. Timothy B. Smith, when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. Deep in their split-level castle, the gallant Swiss knights plan their audacious quest to eliminate Tillamook cheese. Pay attention. I have here... Hans, will you stop slashing? Sorry. I have here my plan to penetrate the very heart of the Tillamook. Thank you. To eliminate their unacceptably delicious cheese. Now, as you can see on this tapestry, the attack roots are embroidered. You embroidered? Well, the maidens did the actual sewing. What's this brown thing? The cheese vault, of course. Tillamook's not in a vault. It's in supermarkets. Oh, petty detail. Now we steal the cheese. Steal the cheese. Yes, idiot. Ow. And then place the blocks of cheese here. And what about the shreds and slices? What? Telemuk also comes in shreds and slices. But my plan is to use blocks of cheese to build an armored escape wagon. Can't help that. We could leave the shreds and slices. Well, what's the point of stealing it if we don't steal all of it? Roll up the tapestry, men. I must contemplate. Come and on, so the knights rethink their action plan. And all because Tillamook is award-winning cheddar, farmer-owned since 1909. 1909? was like yesterday. Clearly worth stealing and comes in shreds and slices. Answer the president's call to service. As an AmeriCorps member, I know that Americans everywhere are helping each other, showing strength of character. As a senior Corps volunteer, I know that Americans are showing kindness and compassion. As an AmeriCorps member, I see plenty of American spirit and enthusiasm. Together, we make America strong. Together, we make America great. Find out how you can serve at nationalservice.org. It's your world. It's your chance to make it better. Apply online at nationalservice.org. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. To reach a show host or guest during a live show, dial toll-free in North America, 866-613-1612. Or, if outside the USA and Canada, dial 001-858-268-3068. Talking today with Tim Smith, National Park Service Ranger at the Shiloh National Military Park, and also the author of several books, including Champion Hill, Decisive Battle for Vicksburg. Tim, let's uh, let's switch gears. We talked in our first session uh, section here about Shiloh and the uh, the life of the, the Park Service personnel at Shiloh and, and uh, the fascination of that battlefield. Yeah. But you've written a very interesting book on the Battle of Champion Hill, so the obvious question is why why Champion Hill and not Shiloh? Well, um, I've got a long story behind that too. I can no, we, give we've you the... still got forty minutes, so fire away. <laughs> I'll give you the short version. Okay. Um, uh, once again, I was in in graduate school um, this time at Ole Miss. I got my PhD from Mississippi State, but uh, I went to Ole Miss before that. Got a bachelor's and master's, which is kind of interesting if you're from Mississippi. That's you know you just don't do that, but I did. Um, and um, I had had always heard of Champion Hill and been fascinated by it, but hadn't done a lot of study. But Dr. David Sansing, some of the, the listeners out there may know of him. He's uh, like the dean of, of Mississippi historians. He was retired by then, but uh, got to know him pretty well and took some classes under him and so on. But um, he told me one day, he said, you know, Tim, I've, I've been working on thinking about doing something on Champion Hill, and I uh, said, I'm just not going to have time to do it. 
he was starting at that point to write a history for the university, which uh, was celebrating its sesquicentennial, 150 years. And so he he got heavily involved in that, and he said, "Look, I'm just going to hand Champion Hill off to you and uh, and let you let you do it." And I mean, I took it and ran with it, and that was, gosh, probably. I don't know how many years ago that was, but it was a it was about a ten year effort to write and and edit and find a publisher and all of that, and uh, it's been worth it though. So it it uh, turned out quite well. I I think I was happy with the way the book looked and and especially the maps in it and, and so on. The, the publisher Savage Beatty did a great job with it. It does have some some excellent maps. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Champion Hill, the sites of Battle for Vicksburg, and I do recommend it to our listeners who want to understand this uh, uh, relatively obscure but certainly important battle. Give us a little context for Champion Hill. This, this takes place in the Vicksburg campaign. Uh, uh, our listeners all know uh, where Vicksburg is, but, but set the stage a little bit for this battle, if you right. could. Well, um, it is the decisive battle for Vicksburg, and depending upon where you place Vicksburg, of course, in, in importance in the Civil War, it um to some people, me included, um and a lot better historians than me, Ed Bars and Richard McMurray and, and Terry Winchell and so on, um, also believe that it's decisive battle of the Civil War because it, it turned the tails at Vicksburg and of course uh, Vicksburg played played that major role in the Civil War. But it comes on May the sixteenth, eighteen sixty three. Uh Grant crossed the river, uh of course in late April, April 29th, 30th, uh, that time span, and fights the, the battle just inland at Port Gibson on May the 1st, but then Grant begins to march inland, and he fights a couple of small battles at Raymond and Jackson, and um, at that point he turns toward Vicksburg, of course, and Pemberton has come out to meet him. Uh, they meet on May the 16th, and there the, the dramatic battle is fought. So there, the the Yankees are heading westward towards Vicksburg. They're heading the toward Vicksburg to envelop the place, and Pemberton has come out to to uh, try to stop them. Of course, it's a little more complicated than that. You've you've got uh, not only Pemberton uh, deciding what to do, you've got Joseph E. Johnston in theater who's telling Pemberton to do something else, and of course you're getting um, messages from Jefferson Davis in Richmond telling Pemberton to do something else. So Pemberton's kind of in a no-win situation almost, but uh, he gets caught uh, just right there at, at Baker's Creek, and Grant Grant pounds him almost into submission. He does get away, though, of course, fights a, a small battle at Big Black River Bridge the next day, and then uh, turns tail and heads into Vicksburg. Well, one of the themes that, that comes out of this book is that the Confederate command was not a uh, smoothly running machine by any means. <laughs> not by any means, no. You mentioned you've got uh, Davis and Johnston giving conflicting orders to Pemberton. Any other problems they had? Oh, yeah, definitely. Not only um, higher up. In fact, I believe it was Richard McMurray and, and his uh, two great rebel armies talked about a good leader and what it takes to be a good leader. And that was one of the, the things that he mentioned was to, to be able to get along with not only his superiors but also his subordinates. Uh, so Pemberton's having a lot of trouble with Johnson and and uh, Davis above him, but he's also having some major trouble with um, his division commanders. There's no corps system in the Confederate Army at that time um, in the Vicksburg campaign. So, um, in fact, Pemberton will fight the battle with three divisions, Stevenson, Loring, and uh, John Bowen. And two of the three division commanders will disobey orders, outright disobey orders, during the battle. 
which how that would have turned the battle, uh, who knows? You know, we can't we can't uh, prophesy and, and decide what would have happened if something else would have would have taken place. But uh, two of the three division commanders do disobey direct orders from Pemberton, and he goes even deeper than that. He's having trouble with the brigade commanders. Lloyd Tillman, the famous Lloyd Tillman, of course, uh, had been relieved just uh, a day or two, I believe, before the battle, and Loring steps up to the plate for him. Loring is Tillman's division commander and basically tells Pemberton, you know, look, if if uh, he goes, I go, that type stuff, and uh, and got Tillman reinstated for the battle. Of course, it's at the Battle of Champion Hill that Tillman is killed in. So the, there's uh, there's tons of problems that, that Pemberton's got. Now they're facing a Union army. They're, they're defending and again facing toward the east, and uh, to oversimplify, there are three roads heading uh, in the general direction of Vicksburg. Right. You've got the Jackson Road, the Middle Road, and the uh, the Raymond Road. And the Union is advancing on all three prongs of the all fork. Three, exactly. And right. it looks like the rebels to to win have to somehow stop them or, or defeat one of the prongs in detail. Right. Now, well, I, I enjoyed reading this book. Because partly because, uh, you know, if I read another book on Gettysburg, <laughs> I, I may just explode. <laughs> and, <We don't> <laughs> you know, I, I guess it's true of many of our listeners. That it's an entertaining to read, but we know who's going to win. Right. Uh, okay. We can read about Antietam, and no matter how many times you say, you know, Mac, put your men in, put them all in. Right. He's not going to do it. You know how it's going to end every time. I'm oh, sitting here reading about Champion Hill and seeing the... Union forces attacking, and there's that center road with a, a crossroads. And if the Confederates hold it, they can escape right. to the west. If they don't hold it, if the Union can break through and get behind them, they could cut off the whole army, which is exactly what they they did. And I'm reading the book, turning page after page, saying, "Oh wow, you know, the, the North is just overwhelming them." Uh, that's how they're going to win this battle. I do know it's a Union victory. I guess I can spoil the ending that much. <laughs> but I don't really know the course of the battle that well. So I'm watching the Union uh, forces overwhelm uh, S.D. Lee and his, his men. And then suddenly there's this big turnaround. Yep. What, what happened then? Well, that's um, that's a result of uh, Bowen, John Bowen, finally obeying orders from Pemberton. Uh, <clears throat> the Jackson Road and the Mill Road come together at that crossroads. And it is that crossroads that Pemberton has to hold in order for the Confederate Army to escape uh, across Baker's Creek, the flooded Baker's Creek. So Stevenson's division is is holding that position, and um, and Pemberton realizes he needs help uh, on that left wing out there. So he orders Bowen and uh, the majority of Loring's division to move forward, and they just flat say no. You know, we're, we're not coming. We got. Federals on our front, and uh, and we're going to fight them right here. Finally, Bowen does come up, and that's when he makes that that absolutely magnificent attack uh, with his his two brigades there, Cockrell and Green. And um, I think I think it was Ed Barr said it best. They bored a hole in the Federal Army, and and uh, they began to to basically sweep around the flanks of of uh, Bowen's division, and they had to turn around and bore a hole back out. And uh, and they barely got out, but the battle does seesaw back and forth over those crossroads, which uh, you can still, of course, go out there today and see the crossroads. And and uh, you can't get up on Champion Hill; that's uh, that's privately owned. 
And in fact, the the cone of Champion Hill is gone. They sold that in the 1930s for road gravel. They mined it, but uh, otherwise, it's it's uh, still pretty much intact battlefield. And the Civil War Preservation Trust is doing a lot to try to to uh, preserve that, and other other people as well. But it's a it's a magnificent battlefield. Now that's not a national military park. No, it's uh, not. It's a national historic landmark. Okay, is there a state uh, park like at Perryville or anything there? No, there's there's absolutely nothing there. In fact, there are only uh, I believe it's two monuments on the battlefield, maybe three. Really? One is the National Historic Landmark Monument. One is a a monument put up by Lloyd Tillman's sons uh, in uh, 1907-08. I, uh, it slips my mind right now, but uh, in the first decade of the, of the uh, 1900s, uh, at his death site. And uh, otherwise, there's there's absolutely nothing. But the terrain is still just amazingly pristine. Now, since then, as I said, the Preservation Trust has, in fact, this year, I believe, bought a, a small section where a, a Confederate battery was in action. The state of Mississippi has uh, bought uh, over 100 acres, maybe a little more by now. Uh, I believe the Department of Archives and History down there is working on, on some of that, too. So it's slowly becoming a... Uh, uh, preserved area, but uh, a lot more needs to be done. Is it much threatened these days? Is there development taking place nearby yet? Well, um, not necessarily development in terms of, you know, Walmarts and gas stations and so on. What the main concern is, I believe, right now, uh, and I get this from my friend Terry Winchell down in Vicksburg, uh, I don't know how many of your listeners know about the big new uh, Nissan plant that went in at Madison. It's just north of Jackson. And they tell me that, that people are buying up all kind of land. So many people have moved in there, just tons of jobs available. Uh, and they're buying land all over the place to build houses on. And uh, part of the, the land that's been taken and houses have been built on uh, the battlefield of Champion Hill uh, for some of those those folks. So it's, uh, it's certainly uh, not prime real estate in terms of, of industry or anything, but slowly, chip by chip, it's being eroded away. Sounds like Murfreesboro, sort of. Uh, well, Murfreesboro battlefield. Is, uh, it's just houses it, that's going a bad, up. Sad thing up there. The city is just mushrooming and uh, taking a lot of that battlefield. Yeah. Well, so if if I were to go there, could I walk around with? Uh, am I trespassing if I start walking around the battlefield? Is there any way to see it? No. The majority of the roads are there. For instance, the Raymond Road is a is a state highway now. I believe it's four sixty seven. I think. Uh, you get up toward the crossroads and and uh, and other places, and it's more little county roads, just just little. They're paved, most of them, but uh, but they're just little county roads. And you can you can figure out where you were or where you are. There are a few roads back in there that that are not historic and uh, will kind of confuse some um, people touring um, now and then. But but most of the roads are historic in the crossroads and so on. Now you you go into the interior, for instance, to Champion Hill itself and Lee's Ridge, where, where Lee um, held his position there, and, and uh, right at Champion Hill, and all that's private, and uh, mm-hmm. they, they don't like you going back in there unless you get permission and, and so on, right. which I always was careful to do. I don't like tramping around on somebody else's land without them knowing I'm there, you know. No, that would not be a safe thing to do, certainly. It, it's a good way to get shot. One of the most interesting stories, talking to Sid Champion down there, who's, uh, I think he's Sid the Fifth, uh, 
Sid the First, of course, was was the Sid champion lived there in the Civil War. And he was telling me about his dad one day. Some guy had had come by and um, wanted to go metal detecting out on the battlefield, and his dad told him no. His dad, by the way, has passed away now, but he told him no. And uh, so the next day, he's out there hunting on his own land, of course, and uh, deer hunting. And he sees this same guy that he had told not to go out there relic hunting the day before, sees him coming through the metal detector. And, of course, the guy that's relic hunting doesn't know he's there. And uh, so apparently Sid shot the head off of that metal detector <laughs> uh, with his with his rifle. And, uh, of course, needless to say, that guy moved on along and probably has never been back. So I, I would guess that would get the message across. So if somebody were to go out, then they would want to take a copy of your book. You have some photographs showing the ground as it exists today. Yeah, that's one of the, the interesting aspects that Ted Savis uh, wanted to do in this book, and I think he does in all, all of his books, um, to to create a map and put photographs, kind of pictures with, with faces kind of thing, you know, not necessarily the faces, but, but the ground, and uh, show some people where things are and, and uh, what they look like. I mean, we've had a lot of good comments on that. And I thought that was that was that's a, a nice aspect of the book. Uh, again, the, the maps are marvelous, and the uh, uh, the photographs, the compliments, it really give you a sense of what's going on there. Right. Um, let me challenge you with one thing about this book that I thought was as I'm as I read it, I thought this is very much, and you say so in the introduction, traditional military history. Right. This is uh, about the battle and uh, nothing but the battle. Is there still an audience for that? Uh, I mean, we're seeing more, you know, the paradigm has evolved where that kind of book is no longer the standard kind of, of military writing, or at least right. Right. that's not as popular. Popular is not the right word. It's not as uh, fashionable. Well, um, and, and I'm going to actually, I hear the music, so I'm going to cut you off to think about that question. Okay. okay. And we'll come back in just a minute and talk about the state of military history. Uh, and the writing of battle history with our guest today, Dr. Timothy B. Smith, Shiloh National Park Service Ranger and author of Champion Hill, Decisive Battle for Vicksburg. We'll come back and talk some more in just a minute on Civil War Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 